You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. All right, welcome to Why We Do What We Do. This is your host, Abraham. And Ryan O. Welcome to your favorite consumable psychology podcast. <laughs> Ryan, you're looking good today. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty, pretty good looking yourself today. I like that shirt. I, thanks. Did you shave recently? Nope. But thanks. <laughs> That's right. I'm kind of into the scruff thing. I appreciate you taking time. You know, it's easy for me to to hang out with you like this because I'm so available to do so. And it's this intimate thing we've actually been used to doing for the last like two to three years, meeting online, hearing each other's voices. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I was just floating. <laughs> I was just floating with Ryan. He couldn't tell because I'm not very good at it. But this episode is coming out just before Valentine's Day. And we thought it would be fun to do something kind of romantic or not. We also have this fun like 10. I thought it was 10 years. Apparently it's 12 years of a history of knowing each other now. So pretty easy to play off one of another on, on fun little things like this, right? Right. Coming up on 12. Yeah. It's 11 and some change. All right. That's a long time. A dozen, nearly a dozen years. All right. So. <laughs> that means you're going to get one rose for every year this year. Sweet. You can draw them for me. I don't have a place to keep roses. <laughs> so yes, today's topic is centered around Valentine's Day. Hope it's going well this uh, Valentine's Day season for you all. At least those of you that, that subscribe to that sort of thing, right? Yeah. So anyway, what we decided we would talk about that I thought would be fun is flirting. And just with the consideration that sometimes you are interested in someone or they're interested in you and you aren't really sure because it can be hard to tell sometimes. And sometimes someone's interested in you and you don't want to lead them on. So you want to communicate as clearly as possible without being overt or rude that you're not interested as well. And maybe someone is trying to give you hints that they're interested in you, but you're not picking them up like Ryan when he shunned me at the beginning <laughs> of this episode. Or maybe he was letting me down softly. I just broke your heart on the air. <laughs> so we thought it would be fun to really just go over what some have said about how to tell if someone's flirting with you and maybe how you can flirt with them and maybe how you can let them down easily if you're just really not at the same position that they're at. Yeah. So let's begin by defining our terms, of course. And the first thing is, what is flirt? And I was digging through some of the peer-reviewed literature on this and found that flirt is fast, local, infrared thermogenetics. So boom, mission accomplished. Podcast over. We will see you next week. <laughs> of course, that's not what we're talking about, but that did come up so frequently that I thought it would be funny to include it. Really, <laughs> flirting at its foundation is a way of communicating interest in a personal relationship deeper than a casual or simply friendly platonic relationship. Yeah, and the communication in this sort of format, it doesn't need to be specifically stated in words vocally or even in text or otherwise, but a lot of flirting can take place in the sort of what people often refer to as a nonverbal sort of format as well. And sometimes it can be used as amusement, self-satisfaction, curiosity, or manipulation. Right. So just to say that sometimes not when people are flirting, they're not necessarily flirting because they're actually interested in a romantic relationship, but they'll do the same sort of behaviors as if they were. And they might have ulterior motives such as trying to get you to do something or because they think it's fun. I think there are definitely those people who flirt because it feels good if you 
if that's reciprocated, it makes you feel like it's exciting. You get that dopamine rush that people talk about, right? <laughs> there you go. Well, and I think just feeling like people are interested in you and you, you think, ah, I still got it. <laughs> Maybe people who are young, that's not a question they have. <laughs> anyway, I think there was a really interesting point in doing some of the research on this that people brought up in terms of how do you let someone know or communicate to someone that you're interested in them in that way and that like you have so many options that it might not even seem like there's many options. Like, do you write them a letter? Do you just tackle them? Do you just harass them online or do you just make googly eyes at them or whatever? And essentially with flirting, the this option is without being too explicit because if you take that option of just getting two in someone's face, it can feel aggressive and appropriate. It can feel intimidating or awkward for them. You're much less likely to get that reciprocation. Furthermore, if you're too overzealous, I guess just being overly zealous is implies that it's too much. But if you're overly zealous in your attraction, that can also create a sense of pressure on that person that might end up feeling to them sort of like coercion. So even if they had been interested, now it's sort of like they feel like they kind of have to pursue this rather than it being more consensual. And that pressure can feel like that sort of non-consensual contact or even lead to someone sort of quote unquote reciprocating and it looks like that, even if they didn't really want to, because they feel like they must do it just to avoid being rude or even because they're afraid of some kind of repercussion if they reject you. And so that's why flirting is a better option is it's a specifically a strategy for indicating to someone that you're attracted to them without being necessarily explicit or too zealous again. I did it again. You're being overly zealous <laughs> or just being too intense about it. Yeah, this is one of those areas that's, I feel like, a little taboo when it comes to how people try to approach it, understand it, and teach it. Because the potential of teaching people to manipulate one another is a, like a risk of this sort of area, right? Yeah. And it's just like very, very complicated. It's based on so many things when it comes to kind of the, the local culture or practices like that. It just seems so easy from one perspective of like, oh yeah, you just flirt, but so unbelievably complicated, right? As to what's going on. Right. And I think it could feel that way on either side. And I think there's certainly something, I mean, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this is probably going to be unique when you have people who are from different backgrounds, either culturally, racially, or otherwise, when you have people from a different status. So someone who has a lot of wealth versus someone who doesn't for people who maybe are in the LGBTQIA plus community and for whom there's going to be a very different maybe set of expectations or sort of unspoken rules and that sort of thing. And then even just people who are in environments where you work together, for example, that certainly creates a, a difficult dynamic to make that choice. And then you've got Tinder <laughs> where flirting died. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a whole phenomenon of itself. Yeah. So we wanted to start today with just a section on interpreting flirting behavior. So why don't you kick us off on that? Well, I mean, so the idea here is just how do we understand this behavior, what it is and how it works? And of course, if you look around for an answer to questions about how to interpret behavior, you will always be able to find someone who claims to have cracked the code on how to read body language or interpret 
sort of conscious or unconscious thoughts and feelings. And some of the things that people say, they are somewhat legitimate and they do make sense. And some of them, maybe most of them, are speculative nonsense. So there was one source I found that sort of broke this down into styles of flirting. And I also found some overlap between these styles and what some of the other sources described, I guess, or enumerated. And so that included traditional style, which is, again, this is the source. This is not me making this claim, but men who make the first move and then women take their pick of the men who are sort of coming to them. There is a physical approach in terms of flirting. And so one way of flirting is actually getting actually close to someone, touching them, making some kind of contact with them, not doing so in a creepy way, please. There is this sincere style, which is sort of icebreakers, learning about the person, complimenting the person, that sort of thing. And then they just, there's this one that was what they described as playful. And in this one, this looks a little bit more like manipulation. This is the person has an agenda. They might not even really be interested in you, but they're sort of teasing and having fun and being silly and sort of maybe trying to work an angle and get you to like them so that they can get something from you. And then there's, of course, just generally being very, very polite as much as you can be to that person. There's also these general categories of behavior that we can talk about. So the first one's verbal. And what we're talking about here is things like teasing, giving compliments, pointing out their own vulnerabilities or weaknesses. They ask in-depth personal questions, try to get you to really know you well and remember a lot of what you tell them. They point out their availability and inquire after what your availability is. They bring up intimate topics, could be sexual in nature, and they tell jokes, try to make you laugh, and they laugh a lot at your jokes as well, maybe even more than they deserve. And then (laughs) (laughs) they also try to impress you. So these are these large verbal categories of things that we're using our language to do with these sort of things. Right. So the three overview. So as you mentioned, one of them is verbal in terms of how you might determine if someone's flirting with you, some of the verbal things they might do. Another one is sort of their general overt behavior that they might engage in and sort of patterns. And then the last one that I found that was frequently referred to is their body language. And so as you had just covered some of the verbal things that someone might do, and that Again, this is how to tell if someone is flirting with you or if you're trying to flirt with someone else. But if someone's talking to you about their availability, I think is kind of a really big one. Or they seem like they're bringing up these really intimate topics. They're like, so uh, what's your favorite type of underwear? Just kidding. <laughs> <But> <laughs> hopefully oh they're gosh. not asking that. How not to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that, that's not a question that you should be asking or receiving. But if they do bring up these intimate topics, and I think really specifically this idea of sort of availability yeah. and things around, you know, just, hey, what do you like to do? They're really trying to learn about you and, and that sort of thing, that that might indicate that someone's trying to flirt with you. Additionally, in this sort of category of this general behavior or overt behavior patterns that you might see is, and I found two different ones here, but if someone seems really relaxed when you're around and they seem really at ease, that could be an indication that they're trying to let you know that they feel, I don't know, I guess good about you being there. Another one that I think I've definitely experienced is when someone really gives you just all of their focus and attention when you talk to them. And this is difficult too, because there are people who like, they're just really good listeners or they've developed the skill of being a really good listener. So whenever they are listening, they don't break eye contact. So 
I think one caveat that we maybe should have pointed out earlier, but I definitely want to at least get in there now is just because someone does these things doesn't necessarily mean that they're flirting with you. But these are things that people would probably do if they were flirting with you. And one of them is they're going to just really give you a lot of their attention. Another one in here is they are probably going to give you some gifts and that could be small things. If it's something really crazy, like, hey, I paid your rent for the next six months, then that's maybe a red flag. But um, <laughs> I got you a cup of coffee or I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Do you want anything? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. They offer to help you with things. Uh, they're essentially trying to just be helpful again, sort of that I'm trying to impress you sort of thing. If you notice that they put more effort into their appearance when they're around you, so sort of cleaning up and trying to look nice. If they show up to events to be around you, and this might be easier if it's in the condition where they wouldn't normally show up to that type of event, but now they are when they know that you're going to be there. One source that I found described that when someone quote unquote lights up when you're around, and I mean, I kind of know what that means. Hopefully that makes sense, but they, I guess generally they seem to be excited when you're around. And with this thing with them showing up to events, I think Another one, if you know this, is if they will miss opportunities to be around other people that you know that they want to be around, like their friends, specifically to be with you, then that definitely supports the idea that they're trying to flirt with you. This one came up a lot in a lot of the sources that I found, is when they respond really quickly in messages or to your posts online. They're the first people to sort of to like whatever you post or to respond to it in some way, and that they seem to always be sort of watching <laughs> sounds so creepy but they <laughs> they're interested in you so they are like essentially trying to be on your radar i guess is a way of thinking about that they've got those notifications on they know every time something's happened yeah exactly they're like they're online oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> what's funny here is abraham doesn't do anything on social media so <laughs> yeah that one was actually a little bit baffling to me when i saw it and i was like really that's a thing yeah right. yeah no it's a it's a big time thing and there's also the 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 whole uh sliding into people's dms their direct messages and so that sounds so dirty <laughs> yeah a lot of these platforms set up essentially ways in which you can reach somebody that you couldn't reach them before necessarily so for example Anybody on Instagram, I can message them directly. It's almost like I'm, I have their phone number in a sense, right? Because I can get a notification to pop up on there. So there's a whole world of internet <laughs> behavior that we could jump into here. Side note, when Ryan first used the term DM and I had no idea what that meant, I just guessed that it meant Dunder Mifflin. So <laughs> for those people who watched The Office. And just how disconnected <laughs> Abraham is from from internet culture, at least in that sense, that small sliver. Yeah. The social media part, I spent a lot of time online, but I mostly am like reading things. So yeah, you're this like rare case study into what it's like living 10 years into social media and never getting into it. Fascinating. <laughs> there are others. There are others. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, we're not really community because we don't know each other because we're not online. But <laughs> there are, there are, I've met other people who aren't on social media. <laughs> Anyway, the last one on here is just in that sort of general behavior category is just when you when if there are people when you're around them, you notice their behavior really seems to change, whatever that might mean. Hopefully it doesn't mean something weird or inappropriate or rude. But if they seem to, I don't know, if you just notice a change in their pattern and that change generally looks they're trying to look good, then that might be an indication that they're flirting with you. All right, so our last topic out of these three, so we had verbal behavior, general behavior, and now on to body language. 
Again, a lot of things that could correlate with this flirting behavior. So prolonged eye contact. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> it just accidentally making it. I just, I feel like I'm really bad at making eye contact. And I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I've just thought too much about it. Because I'd look and I was like, which eye am I supposed to look at? I can only focus on one at a time. <laughs> and so I, I just avoided it for the most part. <laughs> You're just talking to the floor. Yeah, or to like any other space around their head. So I've never flirted. There could be the forms of shooting a lot of like brief glances at somebody. We have your playing with your own clothing, right? Kind of making sure you, you appear situated in a way that looks you know, approachable. Yeah. The, the person who's doing the flirting is playing with their, their own clothing. They're not playing. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> the, there's this girl over there. She comes over and just starts pulling on my sweater. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Just as you said, they're sort of fidgeting with their clothes. The person who is maybe interested in you. They make physical contact, especially when talking to you, touch on the shoulder, right? Quick brush against somebody on accident or whatnot. This came up more than just about anything that I saw from the different sources. And there are lots of different sources yeah. that all have their own opinions. But one that was the most consistent was this idea of making physical contact in some way. And again, shouldn't be creepy, but it would definitely be things like trying to get high fives or fist bumps, generally just patting someone on the back, yeah. or as you said, sort of brushing up against someone like, oops, I accidentally touched you with my foot, <laughs> playing footsie sort of thing. And I think that in an appropriate manner, of course, the caveat throughout all of this is in an appropriate manner, but someone who tries to essentially just get close to you physically, and that means oftentimes like making some kind of physical contact that might be, I don't know, somewhat innocuous, but anything gets the noodle going. That's a good example of one that's like a really fine line. I had a boss, female executive that was uh, essentially doing some informal coaching for me on how to have like strong leadership skills. And part of it was including like intentional physical contact that was supposed to not be over the line. But it was one of those things where I was like, I could never develop a rule. And it was so hard to discriminate what it was that she was trying to go for. I would just kind of tap out, <laughs> right? Maybe she just wanted you to make physical contact with her. There it could have been. <laughs> As a leader, you just got to put your hand right down here. <laughs> no, I never had kidding. that. <laughs> That's good. I'm just kidding. Anyway. But it, it, to add context, it was things like when you shake hands, how you can touch the side of someone's arm or the back of their shoulder and things like that when you're walking away is like a tap. And these are things that I've seen also like examples of certain handshakes culturally and, and ways in which you can approach those sort of leadership skills could be really important. And it just seemed like a complicated as if I was like learning how to do this thing again, situation for me. We'll get into this more as we break down sort of, I think, how to understand some of these things a little more scientifically. But one important consideration here is just how different people are in their preferences for wanting to be touched or not. So like there are people who really hate physical contact, except under very specific circumstances, and they don't want to be touched at all. You know, and there are people who love physical contact and they don't mean anything specific by it. If they were to come up and pat you on the back to them, they would do that to anybody because they, they really enjoy it. I fall into that category. Like I love giving people hugs and high fives and fist bumps and all that sort of stuff. And I love receiving those things. And I, I like being close to people. 
a lot of people actually don't know this about me. And I have had people tell me they thought that I didn't like to be touched because I really, really try and reserve myself to not touch people who don't want to be touched. And so it's really hard to tell, you know, what people want. But for those people who know me and like that's something that's okay. I get hugs from people all the time that are people who are my friends because like I love that sort of thing. But I don't try and ever just hug somebody because I don't want to invade someone's space who's not comfortable with that. To finish off this list so we can get on to the next section a bit, there's a few others. So things like eyebrows can raise when they see you. They let them kind of catch you checking them out. Open front-facing body positioning, so kind of like being positioned in a, in a way in which you're, you're kind of open or it appears you're open to engaging with somebody, speaking with them or whatnot. Moving into your line of sight purposely fidgeting with things around them, and lastly, kind of pursing your lips or smile or fidget when looking at somebody. And I just want to be clear on one that you said, which is that they let you catch them checking you out. So they're sort of looking you up and down and doing this sort of stealing glances at you. And you might notice that they are seem to be looking at you and you look over and they don't necessarily try and hide the fact that they were looking at you is what that one was saying. Cool. All right, cool. So let's dive into a maybe more scientific way of thinking about this. So people are flirting or trying to flirt with you are essentially rewarded by getting your time and attention. So the more that they go out of their way to do that, the more likely it is that they're trying to flirt with you. And this is a theme we've seen on this, right? This basic reward sort of approach. Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's the the best way to think about this is that they're trying to get you to be around them more. And so similar to what you just said, this person might try and see if you will also work to get their time and attention by inviting you to things or otherwise trying to bait you to engage with them beyond just sort of your basic obligations to them. So not only are they going to try and put themselves around you more, they're going to try and see if they can get you to come to be around their, whoever that person is more. And if you do that, then that might signal to them or they might interpret that as you showing interest. Furthermore, they're going to try to be as close to you physically and otherwise as they can without being overt or aggressive. So they're likely to try to move close to you and make physical contact with you. And that does include other things like messaging you and responding to you online. Again, just making the presence more in your world. Another one is generally they're going to try and be as positive of an experience as they can around you. So they're likely to give you things and try and make you feel good by giving you compliments. And of course, they'll try and make themselves seem as valuable as possible to you. But you can really see how basically this breaks down into some basic behavioral processes of trying just get closer, become valuable, be a source of good things to that person. And all of this makes really perfect sense if you think about this from how we understand are sort of reward seeking and aversion to unpleasant things as motivators for our behavior. There's this other area of these air quote unconscious things that they do. They might do for a large variety of reasons and they should really only be a possible indicator of interest, not a clear sign. So can you give us a couple examples of those unconscious things? And some of the sources that I had found, they suggested things like, oh, their eyebrows raise when they look at you. And that implies that they're unconsciously signaling that they're interested in you. I mean, maybe, but also maybe not. That could just be how that they respond to people. And so there are a lot of the things that people do when they fidget, when they purse their lips or smile, when they glance over in your direction, there might be a lot of reasons for that. And those reasons might not necessarily be that they're interest, 
but they might be, you know, I think it's just worth really considering if you're trying to interpret something that someone is doing and that something that they're doing is just sort of basic movement, that whole thing where it's like if their body is open towards you, that sort of thing, if they're fidgeting with their clothing, if they're putting themselves in your line of sight, that by itself is not a clear indicator of flirting. It just it might be something that someone might do if they were flirting, but really should not be interpreted as to mean that they're expressing interest by itself. I think it's a lot better strategy to try and look for some of those other behaviors that are things like them being around you more and them trying to get you to be around them more. All right. Now I'm excited to get into this one because you actually found a little bit of research on this. Yeah. As I said, looking this up yielded a lot of things that were unrelated to flirting in the social romantic sense. But I did find this one article. There were some other articles, but this one seemed the most relevant. And I thought this had some interesting facts about it that are worth talking about. And this is by Hall, Zing, and Brooks in 2014, published in the journal Communication Research. And what these researchers did is they brought people into a lab setting and they just asked them to talk to one another for about 10 minutes. And then they asked each person privately away from the other people about the conversation that they had. And that would include identifying whether they were flirting or whether they thought that they were being flirted with and that sort of thing. And from the report that they got from talking to those people, they said that when the men reported that they were trying to flirt, women could only tell if the men were flirting them with about 18% accuracy, which meant that there was a lot of times that those men were trying to flirt with them and the women could not tell most of the time. 18% is very low. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like if they had just been guessing yes or no without any other information, they would have guessed more accurately than they did from this. Anyway, men had about 36% accuracy. So they were twice as accurate at women and still terrible at it. at identifying if someone's flirting with them. But both groups could tell if the person they were talking to was definitely not flirting with them with about 83 to 84% accuracy. So it's fairly clear when someone's not flirting with you, but if it's ambiguous, there seems to be a, a lack of comprehension there. Yeah. I found that super interesting that it's like a complete switch essentially. <laughs> yeah. I know when you're not doing it for the most part, but I have no clue if you're actually doing it. Yeah. Interesting. I hope this isn't too soon, but for me, it seems that this is really just an area that is so intertwined and like under researched largely that it's just hard to sort these things out. The complexity of the phenomenon, right, is is part of the issue. Yeah. And I don't think there necessarily needs to be a lot of like tax dollars spent on research on this necessarily, but I think there is probably some practical utility in understanding and maybe teaching people a little bit better to read signs so that they don't put themselves in situations that are then frustrating for either one or both people. I also know people that completely struggle with learning this skill set. Yeah. For whatever, you know, reasons. And that would be, I think that's one of the best arguments for it. I don't know the prevalence rate of that, but I've met a few folks that are, have voiced to me personally, like I really struggle with this area. Yeah. Because of, true skill deficits and lack of any sort of like program to teach. I think it is really difficult. And as you said, most people are terrible at it. So if you feel like you're terrible at it, then congratulations, you're in the majority that most people based on the study, at least are not very good at this. And I mean, it's hard. Like there is a lot of really subtle cues and I have had people who I found out later were flirting with me and I really had no idea. 
or at least they were trying to flirt with me. <laughs> I think that for one thing, as long as I can remember, I have really avoided the idea that if someone was doing something that I should interpret that other than what they're actually doing. And I sort of just approach this from, well, I, I could just make assumptions and guesses here, but if I'm wrong, then what have I gained? And wouldn't it be better to just take things at face value and then I can learn more about it if needs be. But rather than always trying to read between the lines, assume some underlying thing is going on or that there's some deeper meaning to what someone is saying or doing, that just didn't seem very... It seemed like a way to set myself up for failure and constantly making mistakes. And so that's like, I think I've always been maybe more hesitant than most at interpreting that as anything other than just what it seems to be on its face and the most innocent possible version of it. All right. So we have this other section that we wanted to get into that seems relevant to discuss, which is how to let someone down. So you potentially see these sort of signs of flirting and you're not so sure what to do. Yeah, and you don't want them to. <laughs> yes. If that's the case. To correct, you're not sure the best course of action. I see. That's what I meant. Got it. All right, so <laughs> we have here, it's really the opposite of a lot of things that we listed. Can you elaborate? <laughs> well, I mean, if flirting entails things like raising your eyebrows, then make sure you keep your, eye your eyebrows low. And if they light up when you're around, then try and darken when they're around. Just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, but really going back to those general categories, that was all jokes, by the way. <laughs> terrible, terrible jokes. I'm bad at humor. The thing of like, if they're trying to be around you more or trying to have you be around them more, then like avoid being around them more or having them be around you more. That's one thing to indicate that you're not really interested in them. So just, you know, keep your distance digitally and otherwise. And any of the other things that we mentioned of just avoid creating any kind of context where it seems like you're trying to learn about a lot about them or you're trying to, I mean, it, it, this does not have to be being a jerk or being mean. It's just make it as clear as possible in your actions that you're not trying to be close to this person. Yeah. Keeping your distance is a great one. And you might also talk about how unavailable you are as a way of, <laughs> of, of communicating that. Uh, minimizing or avoiding smiling and laughing at someone's jokes completely turning away so on that body language topics is another example i think if it's to the point where you maybe are doing these things and none of that's working or if you don't want to do those things and don't want to play that game which i totally understand then honestly it's really often a good idea to just have a conversation in which you politely as politely as possible decline their affection toward you have you ever had to do that there was once when somebody expressed some amount of interest in me that I couldn't tell if it was really interest in me, but it was like an ex of a friend. And I just sort of had to tell him, I'm like, that person's my friend first. Yeah. And that's more of a priority to me. So no, thanks. Yeah. It reminds me of one of those areas of like the tougher conversations I've had in life, whether just on the, the social awkwardness and like, how do you approach this? Yeah. Have you had to do that specifically? Yeah, a little bit, but I've had it reciprocal both ways where someone also tells me like, Hey, I'm not really interested or like the situation's going on that you don't know about, you know, where maybe you thought someone was available and they weren't. And she's like, okay. It just seems again, like one of those areas that's, it's not a, a quick list of here's how you go about it. <laughs> I did have that. Someone had that conversation with me where I was trying to flirt with them Yeah, and they were like, listen, this is not happening. So stop. <laughs> like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so lastly, you can ask someone for help with this conversation. So particularly if it's at work, 
You can list your HR department. I've definitely been in a management position where I've had situations like this arise where folks have approached me and say, hey, how do I handle this? I was so glad to have an HR department to point them to. Yeah. Because coaching on this, especially in a a work setting, is I was not equipped with the skill set. Yeah. And then I think if you know someone who someone else who's close to that person, you might say, Hey, like they, I know that they're interested. I'm just really don't like want to pursue this. I'm having trouble letting them down. Could you help? Just a way to recruit some additional support in making that conversation happen and making it stick. All right. So it's time for some take homes. I think my understanding of this area is there's a lot of things that could signal potential interest that someone is showing in someone or how you could potentially show that you're interested in somebody. But these are all going to be like individual cases and really just potential increases in probability that is occurring. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, there's there's nothing set in stone whatsoever. And that is just like this beautiful from a scientific perspective angle on just how open this is and ripe for understanding further and just how little we actually know about it. I'm glad you made that point because I was going to if you didn't. But the point that I think that I would make that's related to what we did discuss is that If you're trying to figure out if someone is flirting with you, I think the best signs are to look for those behaviors that are decreasing their distance, which is to say that they're trying to get closer to you in various capacities. They're either trying to get closer to you online or in person or both, or they're trying to just sort of make themselves more available in your life and try and get you to be more available in theirs. Those are the things that are probably your best indicators that someone's trying to flirt with you. All right. I think it's a quick wrap up on that one. Now, quickly becoming one of my favorite sections, the recommendation section. Yeah. Recommendations. So if you're new listening here, we just offer a couple random recommendations that we feel y'all should check out or learn more about. Yeah. And sometimes these are things and sometimes it's an action of sorts. So I recommended a while back that people get a flu shot. I hope that they did. But anyway, some, some of these are also just things that we like that we think that, you know, we endorse essentially and say, Hey, if you are similar to me, you'll like this too. Also, I think they're just recommendations for things that we think are important. And that's mine this time, which is I am recommending going out and donating blood or platelets or something if you can. And I just started doing this probably in the last year or so. And most of my life, I was afraid that I couldn't because of getting tattoos fairly frequently and piercings for a while. And then it just kind of seemed like it wasn't really part of things that I did. So I wasn't doing it very often. And so I started donating blood and mostly I actually donate platelets, which I think is a really interesting experience. And I like doing, and I know it's not for everyone. Everyone can't do this, but if it's something you're interested in doing, it's a very rewarding experience. I don't know. I always feel good about the fact that I was able to contribute at least the service that I use. They send a text when they use the donation to let you know, like, Hey, we were able to use this to help, somebody who needed it. And that's always really cool to hear. So I would recommend looking up a local blood donation place, or if there's a blood drive going on, and if you're willing to give it a shot, or maybe you've done it before, but you haven't in a while, or maybe you already do it. And if so, great job, good for you. But thinking about this idea of sort of Valentine's Day and and love and maybe just kindness in general, I think it's a really cool thing and very rewarding for me at least. So if you're in a place to do it, I recommend that. And I'm actually going to recommend a website. Teamtrees.org. Have you heard of this, Abraham? 
No. Okay, so it was bigger about three months ago or so, but there was a number of YouTubers that got together as a result of a tweet that someone just sent one of their YouTube, one of their favorite YouTubers saying, hey, you hit 20 million subscribers, you should plant 20 million trees in celebration of this. And he's like, you know what? We're going to do that. So they organized this massive, cool coordination of over, I think, 700 YouTubers that released videos at the same time, same day, trying to raise $20 million to plant 20 million trees. And the goal was to do this before 2020. They successfully did it. It's one of those cool things where like, the internet did something really cool just coming together. They planted 20 million trees. Well, they raised, so what it was, they partnered up with the Arbor Day Foundation. Oh, cool. And worked out an agreement that $1 would be one tree. They realized they didn't have the competency and how to go about doing this and that they had the institutional knowledge on how to do that. Because it actually gets really specific on what trees can be planted for what climate, how many. You can't just like sprinkle a bunch of seeds on the ground, right? Or saplings. A bunch of people in... Alaska trying to plant palm trees. <laughs> Why isn't it working? <laughs> and so, yeah, basically these internet influencers, in a sense, from all walks of life, got together to raise this sort of stuff. I donated myself 50 trees, 50 bucks, and it was cool. There was a lot of, there was a little bit of a competition. There was hundreds of thousands of dollars being donated from different top celebrities and such as well. So it was really cool. The point here is it was an awesome thing that the internet did coming together, but it's also open and it's continually there. You can refresh and and there's teamtrees.org and you can see that, I mean, just since I started talking about it, there's been another 50 trees donated and planted in this last like minute, minute and a half. So if you got a dollar, you could literally plant a tree. And what's the website one more time? Teamtrees.org. Got it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Ryan, for recording with me today. Hopefully don't take this as us flirting with you. Yeah, maybe you can. That's fine. I think we need to have a conversation after this off air. Okay, that's that's fair. All right. <laughs> but anyway, you can always reach us at our email. You can find out more about this episode and other episodes at our website, which is www.dwwdpodcast.com. That's also our handle on all our social media, which we do monitor and respond to. And I think that's all we got. Anything from you? That's it. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. This is Abraham. And Ryan O. We are out. You've been listening to Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by our amazing patrons. Thank you. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a patron by heading to patreon.com slash podcast. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts or share this episode with your friends. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.dwwdpodcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is researched and produced by Abraham, Ryan O, Shane, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brassier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day.